Check, check. Check, check, check.
we're mighty glad you made it to church this morning. And welcome to New Life at Calvary. We are so glad to have everybody in. We have our guest speaker in today, Pastor Mike Robb and his family. We have several other guests. You guys wave your hand so we can see you. We are so glad to have you in. We are so glad to have everybody on Facebook and online. We cannot wait to worship today. Is somebody ready to hear the word of God today? Is somebody ready to ask God for some healing today? Somebody needs some healing, some refreshing, some renewing. So we're getting ready to go to God, and we are so glad you all made it in church and in person online. Um, we're getting ready to start our worship service. Before we begin, let us go to God and pray. Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just bringing us here today with a mind to worship you, with a mind to give you praise, God. We say thank you in advance because we know you have something good in store for us today. We are expecting good things from you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We ask you, God, to come into our hearts today as we hear our sermon, as we sing our songs and praise to you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord, that you have something for all of us today. You know our needs, God, and only you can fill us up. So we ask you, Lord, to fill us up like nothing else in this world can, because we need you, Lord. We come to you, Lord, on the first day of the week, giving you the first part of our time, the first part of our energy, the first part of our finances, the first part of our family. God, we are giving it all to you right now, and we ask you, Lord, as we give you, Lord, we ask you to return unto us, press down, shaking together and running over, Lord, because we say thank you. You are a good God, and that's what it says in the scripture that you will return unto us double so we just say thank you lord for what the word is today thank you lord for the scriptures we thank you lord for the fellowship today we say thank you lord for the healing that we are going to get today thank you lord for the refreshing god thank you for opening our minds thank you for the holy spirit coming into this place enter in holy spirit enter in we just say thank you lord that you are attentive to our prayers on high right now we say thank you lord that you are bringing in calling in your church right now, Lord. Calling your church, not just here at New Life at Calvary, but all around the world because we need you in the world today, Lord. We need you, God. So we just say thank you that you're, let this Holy Spirit be in this place and let your Holy Spirit be evident in our world. Let our, your Holy Spirit be evident in Cleveland, Ohio today, God. Let somebody know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, our, our friend. And we just say thank you, Lord, that you are doing something good good today. And we thank you in advance for what you have coming up this week. All these things we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And welcome again to all of our friends, all of our guests and members. We are so glad to have you out today. If you are online, you can send us a chat on our webpage on Facebook. And also, you can click the About links on our app page. We have a guest card you can fill out, and we will get back to you, and we will pray for you. We will follow up with you. If you're in church and you are a guest, we ask you to fill out our guest card so we can follow up with you and pray with you also. Does somebody need a prayer today? Somebody needs some refreshing today? So we are getting ready to um, stand, if you're able, wherever you are, if you're at home or if you're in worship service. And we're going to sing, we have come into this house with the praise team.
you so much, praise team and praise band again. We are now going to go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for being able to come to you and pray to you today. This is our highlight of the week where we get to share with you our concerns, Lord, and our joys, Lord. But we are coming to you today on behalf of our uh, church family and those around us in the world. Lord, we are just asking you to be with our sick and our shut-in today, Lord, as they are, wherever they are, for those that are on hospice, for those that are just in the nursing home, those are just at home um, and unable to get here, uh, unable to do anything, much of anything, that depend on help, that may sometimes feel like a burden to others, Lord. We are praying for those um, sick and shut-in today, Lord, those that are um, we are so glad that those that, that were in the hospital has been released from the hospital. Thank, we say thank you, Lord, for that. And we continue to pray for those that are still under care, that still need more help, God. And for all of us today that even though we don't feel sick, Lord, we just say thank you, Lord, that you are the, um, the healer of our bodies, God. And you know what we need before we even ask. So we ask you for help for our church, for our bodies and our spirits and our minds, Lord. We are coming to you on behalf of our prison ministry today, Lord. As they are incarcerated, we ask you, God, to continue to keep them right where they are. You are doing a miracle in their lives, and we just say thank you. That's something that only you can do. So we ask you to continue to move them towards Jesus Christ and let their hearts be changed and move continually. Keep them away from the wrong people and keep them encouraged, Lord. Help them to be productive. Help them to get what they need to get out of the system and come back home, Lord. For those that need to be released, we ask you to release them, Lord. God, we are just praying for our navigators program as we go in and sit with the parolees. Give us the strength as we go out and, and navigate um, with you with the body in, within the body of Christ, God. We're praying for our navigators program to be um, to, to work, to get approved so that we can go into the prisons more often, Lord. We're praying, God, for our youth here at the church and our youth at the Rotulu home, Lord. We just say thank you that you are continually preparing their minds. Let some of them go back to school even on tomorrow. Lord, we just ask you, Lord, for your anointing on our kids for this new school year, Lord, and the teachers and the staff, Lord. Continue to keep them, Lord. Um, continue to keep their minds on you. Help them to be a light in the world, a salt in the earth, Lord. And I just ask, ask you, uh, Lord, for a fresh anointing for their parents also, Lord, to help them um, with their studies. Um, in the Rutulu home, for the same thing. We are praying for the fresh anointing down there as they begin school um, soon. Lord, and we are praying also for just for those um, around our church or even in our neighborhood who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We're praying for our unsaved uh, loved ones, our family members, God. We ask you to show them that Jesus Christ is Lord and help them to know that Jesus is our friend, that you sent him down so that we can have salvation and eternal life, Lord. We are praying for those that are unsaved today. Continue to keep all of us, Lord, as we continue to walk with you on our daily walks. We are not perfect, Lord, but we come to you and we we just say thank you that you are helping us to move forward and to be better, to be more Christ-like in our daily lives and our families. We're praying for loving families today, God. We're praying for loving neighborhoods, Lord. Help us to make a difference in the world, Lord. 
we're praying for this week, our, um, our fair that's coming up um, this Saturday. Help us be a light into this community on East 79th and Euclid, Lord. Help us to just get all the school supplies that we need as we do and we serve you, Lord. Um, we're praying for the prison ministry as they go on down to Marysville again this weekend. And we're just praying, God, that as we continue to go out through the week, you just continue to be with us and you help us in every single way. Sometimes we forget to ask you, God, good morning, Lord. What's your plan for us today? But we're asking you, Lord, to just guide us right now, even when we do forget, Lord. Guide us on our days and help us to remember to look to you um, for our daily bread, our daily direction. And all these things we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So if you're able, we're now going to stand and we are going to recite our church purpose statement. In response to God's love, our purpose is to love others, teach the word of God, and reach the world for Christ. Therefore, as a covenant partner, I will invite others to come and join me in worship. I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship to grow in Christ. I will serve in the ministry with my gifts and talents. I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, mighty glad you made the church today, neighbor. <laughs> We're not going to have Yvonne Sims come on up with our scripture. Good morning. Our Old Testament scripture is found in the book of Psalms, the 23rd chapter, verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Our ultimate scripture is found in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect and weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the, all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Pastor Kelly is coming up. 
Praise God, saints. Hallelujah. Can anyone tell me what time it is? It's offering time. And what do we say? Hallelujah. Are you excited to be able to give back to God today from all that God has given to you in your tithes and offerings? Amen. Today is the second Sunday of August. Praise God. And on the second Sunday, our special offering goes to support our prison ministry. Pastor Antonia already expressed that the, the group is going to be going um, to Southern Ohio this week. And so we want to be able to be a blessing to those that are incarcerated. We want to be able to encourage and uplift, support them, Lord, as, as they are um, purchasing items and personal products. So if you're able today, we would ask that you would give to the prison ministry. As our ushers come forward, let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious and holy God, you are the great giver, Lord. We can never outgive you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for all the many ways that you bless our lives, Lord Jesus. You make sure, Lord, we have things that we can't even imagine or dream about. And we say thank you. Thank you for every time we have eaten, every time, Lord, that we've been able to pay a bill, for every time, Lord, we've been able to be a blessing to somebody else, Lord Jesus. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless these, your tithes and offerings, your tithes and offerings, Lord, that they would be magnified and multiplied and used faithfully for your kingdom and your people. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to be good stewards of your finances. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. As our ushers collect our offering, for those of you that's joining us online, again, welcome. We have several ways for you to participate in the offering today. You can go ahead to NLAC and .tv and establish your online giving account. For those that like to use Cash App, go ahead and put that dollar sign in, the number two, NLAC, and your offering comes right to us. If you would prefer to mail in or drop off your offering, make sure to use the address 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. That address again is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. Thank you again for participating in our offering today. Saints, we are now going to be blessed by special music from our praise team and praise band, and they will be singing He's God. And following them, we will be blessed. We always talk about folks flying in just for you, amen. Well, we truly have a person that is flown in all the way from Germany. Pastor Mike Robb will be bringing us our message with the sermon titled, Triggered Grace Sufficiency, the Alternative to Anxiety. Thank you again, and be blessed.
Cheers. this goes. Well, I've been looking forward to this and been thinking about it for a while, ever since the invitation came to come and be a part of worship with you all. I usually preach in German. Uh, I won't do that today, but German audiences, not only do they understand German, they just sort of sit there real nice and quiet and just look at you, right? So, don't you all be talking back to me. I'll get all flustered. Won't know what I'm preaching about. No, just kidding. Uh, I was listening to the sermon last week from Pastor Kelly, and I think this is an excellent topic. Anxiety in the Bible. Just we need these real-life topics, right? Uh, just right down in, in the middle of life, anxiety. And Pastor Kelly uh, was talking about triggers and what, what brings about these anxieties in us. And, um, and I was just thinking about that. And, you know, I just want to be honest. Right at the beginning, a trigger for me is, is money, right? That bill comes in that you weren't expecting, right? You know that one? And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, what are we going to do about that? And then all of a sudden, that feeling of like, oh, I'm just not on top of this. I'm not on top of this. Um, I know you can kind of come to church, and it's just like it's like you come regularly, and it's just like another Sunday, right? Just another Sunday, another worship service, another guest preacher. And I'd want to encourage us all that God can wants to do something perhaps quite unique this morning. So let's just quiet ourselves a little and just open ourselves for that special thing that God might want to do today. And so Holy Spirit, um, be with us here. Be with us as we listen. Be with us as, as I speak. And help us to get through to what you want to do with us for us to hear and for us to have today. Well, I was given the task of speaking. Uh, I've given my topic today. And I like being given my topic because it's me thinking about something I normally think about. I think we need to go with the, we'll just Drop this. Put that right down there. 
this tree. How about that? All right. Uh, I was given the task of speaking about anxiety and Paul's text, when I am weak, then I am strong. And I just want to read that again. Paul says, But he, the Lord, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I've been thinking about this for a while, and I just want to think about it with you for a few minutes. We'll just sort of think about these, this text and anxiety. And my first thought was, this verse doesn't have anything to do with anxiety. <laughs> uh, it's just not, I don't know. But, you know, looking deeper, I think there's something there. I think there's something there. So, first thing, um, what is anxiety? And where does it come from? I want to do a little psychology with you. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, anxiety is a feeling. Anxiety is a feeling. That's, I know that's not very profound. But um, all feelings, think about this, all feelings present themselves to you as justified. When you're feeling them, it's like, this is right. I should be feeling this way. doesn't matter what it is. Whether you're happy, you're sad, you have anxiety, fear, anger, grief, worry, joy. It just, in the moment, that feels justified, right? Huh? Think about that. See, thoughts are different. Thoughts are easier to question. They kind of sometimes even come with question marks attached with them. You can very easily sort of think about something different or question what you're thinking. But feelings that make them harder to deal with, that they always sort of feel like, this is right. This is right. And another thing about feeling is you just, you can't deal with feeling directly, can you? So you can't just say, well, I'll just feel something else. I'll just feel something else. You can, to a degree, do that with thoughts, can't you? Just start, try to think about something else, and it, and it takes a little effort, perhaps, but, but it'll, it'll work. But feelings? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So, as a feeling, the second, second thing, the, the first uh, point, anxiety is a feeling. Second thing, as a feeling, you think about this. Anxiety is more like a mood or an attitude or an emotion. So we have feelings that are, let's call them object specific. Okay? That means there's something that you are feeling about. So like anger, worry, grief, fear, uncertainty. You can say, you know, what are you afraid of? Right? What are you worrying about? What are you uncertain about? What are you angry about? But then there are some some feelings on, on the other side, and they start to be more widespread, more like, sprawling. They don't really have an object like depress depression or, or joy on the positive side. Not it's a little hard to sort of say, well, 
you know, what are you, what are you um, depressed about? It's more of a, a mood, an attitude that you have, right? Hope can be like that on the positive side. It's, it's sort of more widespread. And anxiety is like that. It's a sprawling emotion. Um, maybe you know it's about something, but maybe you don't. It's just more, it's harder to, to grasp. Now, where does anxiety come from? Now, I've been thinking about this, and um, just think about this idea. Anxiety comes from self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. See, God made a world in which we, human beings, were meant to rely on him. Created a world in which we, human beings, were meant to rely on him. Now, I'm going to call this grace sufficiency. We're going to talk about this in a moment here. But that's grace sufficiency, is this idea of we're going to rely on God. And you can hear it in Psalm 23, which we already heard. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because you are with me. Right? But self-sufficiency says, I am my shepherd. I've got everything I need. I am my shepherd. I don't need anybody else. I am my shepherd. We'll just see how this goes. I shall look after myself. See, self-sufficiency, if you think about it, actually has a couple different forms. Um, one of the main forms you think about is just individualism. Now, individualism is like an American virtue. <laughs> uh, there was a French... French uh, sociologist, historian back in the 19th century named Tocqueville, and he came to explore America in the 19th century, and this is one of the things that he really discovered about Americans back then, was that they were just very independent, very individual, individually minded, um, and that was a big contrast to France and, and Europe as he knew it. So this is an old news for us as a, as a nation, that we are very individually oriented. And we don't even recognize when we're doing it. Individualism is so normal. We don't even recognize when, when we're doing it. We raise our teenagers this way, to be individuals. Um, I kind of come out of like a Scotch-Irish sort of family, kind of Pennsylvania uh, group people and and we've we've lost most of our rites of passage as a as a you know at least my my family um the the ones that still are around and i don't know we we kind of come from different all all different cultures here but the ones that are still around in my family all have to do with becoming more independent think about it rites of passage getting a driver's license going off to college or school somewhere moving out of the house this is what's left in, in sort of, in, for a lot of communities in America, is just becoming more of an individual. Um, I've got a friend who uh, uh, grew up um, American Creole, and he was telling me about their rites of passage, and it, it, was a, it was an interesting thing. They call it the Men's Supper. I don't know if anybody comes out of an American Creole or knows that, that culture, but Rites of passage are often um, becoming an adult within the community, right? You see the contrast to sort of the ones that are sort of out of my family, more like we're going to kind of step out of the community, step out on, 
on your own, right? Well, individualism, that's kind of the one, one form of self-sufficiency. The other one is, uh, call it tribalism or group sufficiency, right? And we've got a lot of that too. We are our shepherd and we've got this under control, right? The group sticks together, you know, circle the wagons. Um, the rest of the world, um, a lot of places around the world, this is, this is the way that self-sufficiency manifests itself. The community kind of looks out for the community. But there is no, the Lord is my shepherd around, right? So we have a little bit of this in America. Um, you can see it in, in Germany. Expat communities can be like that of various forms. They kind of look out for each other. Um, political parties in America, Democrats, Republicans, a lot of circling the wagons, kind of helping each other, but there's, it's just, it's all self-sufficiency. It's we, we've got this. We've got this. Um, LGBT community can be like that, where it's just sort of looking out for our own. Families can be like that. I don't know if your family's like that. Um, even a church, even a church can be like this, just group sufficient. And see, anxiety comes from self-sufficiency. This is what, what I want to try to present to you. Anxiety comes from self-sufficiency. Anxiety comes in because all this self-sufficiency stuff is false. It's false. It's just not how God made us to work. He made us to work to rely on Him. You know, that, that American message you hear in all the time, you're awesome and you've got this. Well, you aren't and you don't right? You, see, we have, we have to spot this stuff. We have to spot this when this is happening. Your group isn't awesome either, and your group doesn't have this. Um, as a church, we need to spot this. You, you'll hear, you know, join us and we'll take on the world, but it just doesn't work like that. We, even as a community, even if we're being, doing this group sufficiency stuff, we just don't, we need God. It's false. We aren't self-sufficient. Now, we are deficient, right? I'm not trying to just be clever here, though they do sound similar. Deficient, sufficient. We are deficient. And to use the word from our text this morning, we are weak. We are weak. And that is what opens the door to anxiety. Because in a world that only knows self-sufficiency. Any recognition of deficiency or weakness or vulnerability is open season for feelings of anxiety. And I think, I think we swing, swing like a pendulum between the two. On one side, we feel like, oh, we, we've got this. We're, we're in this great group. And then all of a sudden, we hit reality. And, and we realize we don't actually have this. And then those, that anxiety starts to sort of rise. And we realize, no. No, I don't, I don't know who's got this. Nobody's got this. Certainly not me. And we realize our weakness. We realize our vulnerability. And we're anxious. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I have a friend who's a psychologist. And, and he was at our house one day. And, and he said that um, in therapy, um, as a psychologist, they're sort of taught to take... Um, anxiety is treated as something that you just sort of, you, you, 
you acknowledge it and you sort of just keep it in its place and and you you don't really you deal with it but but you deal with it by just sort of letting it be right now i'm not a i'm not a therapist i'm i'm a pastor theologian kind of person and my friend he started reading the the bible and he realized that when the bible talks about fear and anxiety the goal isn't just keeping it around the goal is to let it go away let it go away there's this kind of scary passage in in revelation when they're talking about who's going to go into the lake of fire and it lists a pretty long list of some not so great attributes but the very first group that goes in are those who have fear some translations say it's the uh the um oh i lost it now uh, the fearful but the um i've lost it oh don't worry about it you can read it in your it's 21 8 21 8 the cowardly that's it i got it the cowardly think about that cowardly go into the lake of fire. Well, I don't want to talk much more about the lake of fire, but let's look at Paul and anxiety. Um, see, Paul understood this. In a world, um, in ways that were almost astonishing, Paul really understood what it meant to be a human being in difficult situations. Now, Paul lived in the Roman Empire. My son, uh, he's here. He uh, is studying the Roman Empire. He's learning Latin, so if any of you know Latin, you can try to talk with him. Or um, the Roman Empire. We read when we read about it in uh, in books or see it in the movies. It always looks, yeah, not that bad. But let me tell you, um, it's a really rough place to live. Just the amount of injustice that was there. Only a very very small elite kind of lived a, a good life from human standpoint. And, and the rest had a pretty difficult life, pretty difficult life. 25% of the people in the Roman Empire were slaves. Pretty difficult uh, existence for most people. And, uh, and Paul was just right in the midst of that. Um, and I just say that to sort of, you know, point out that um, we've been there as a church. We know what it's like to be in difficult situations and uh, and Paul um, God Paul just he got it so I want to just look at this text here you see our text sort of starts in the middle of a conversation and Paul is um, 12 verse 1 I'll just, we'll just sort of have him up on the screen I'm not going to read it all but he talks about he's really trying to defend his position here in this if you I know you are a biblical people so you know he's really against a church that just doesn't think very highly of him and he's trying to defend his 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 position and he and he starts talking about his um his visions his visions right and uh, he's trying to make a point and then in verse i don't know what what's the screen says here the screen doesn't say anything he uh he comes up here verse five um, on behalf of this man who's having these visions, I will boast. He really means himself. But on my behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Uh, we're going to watch this, this word here, weaknesses. He kind of goes on. I'll just read here. Verse 6. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited, 
Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. So, I know you've heard about Paul's thorn. We don't, we don't know a whole lot about what Paul's thorn is. And I think maybe, maybe that's the point. That, uh, therefore, we can kind of put what we're dealing with in there. He's not specific about it, but um, a lot of things we're dealing with that could fit into that category. A few things uh, that we do know. Um, the thorn was a source of weakness for Paul, wasn't it? Second is a potential source of anxiety. Potential source of anxiety. And that's why he's praying about it. And third, it's not something that worries God all that much. And Paul asked God, get rid of this. Let's get rid of this. And, Paul, and God says, nah, nah, I want to give you something better. So uh, jump ahead. The end, the end here this, of this passage here, I, I really want you to get this here. Paul ends with this. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Does that sound like Paul's having a difficulty with anxiety? I'll read that again. I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. I am content Maybe put that on a t-shirt. I am content with insults. I'm content with hardships. Get a tattoo of that verse. How's that sound? You see, Paul, Paul actually could. Paul could get a tattoo with that on. That was his life. I'm content with these things. So there's something else going on here. What is Paul's secret? What does he, what's he doing? So, all right, remember what I said in the psychology part. Anxiety is a feeling, comes from self-sufficiency because we aren't self-sufficient. That's false. That's false. Group sufficiency, also false. Your group does not have your back all the way, all right? It's false. We're deficient, we're vulnerable, bad economy rolls in, it affects us. Our enemies get a foothold in life. It affects us. We aren't self-sufficient. And Paul's secret, I'm going to tell you this, all right? You ready for this? Paul's secret is to just give up on self-sufficiency and to embrace his weakness and let his weakness be enhanced by grace. Give up on self-sufficiency and let his weakness be enhanced by grace. So here's his word. Well, it's the word of the Lord. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. There's that word again, weakness, 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 weakness. Grace sufficiency. 
And we haven't talked about grace yet. I don't know how you talk about grace in this church. I don't have, I, I turn on the live stream from time to time, and so I don't really know how you talk about grace in this church. But most American Christians need a new Sunday school lesson in grace. Um, preachers get this wrong. A lot of preachers present grace as just God's forgiveness. Now, I'm for, I'm for God's forgiveness. God does forgive you. But, but that's actually not what the, the scriptures mean when they're talking about grace. I'm, I will save you a little bit of Bible study, but I, I encourage you in your Bible study groups to go through. I have a little concordance in the back of my, my Bible, but you can find bigger ones. And just grab that word, grace, and look through the scriptures and see what the Bible's talking about when it, says, when it mentions grace. Here's what I think you'll find. All right, you, you check, check me out and then send me an email if I'm wrong. Please actually do send me an email if I'm wrong. I don't want to be preaching this stuff all over the place. Um, God's grace is God's action. It is God stepping in to do something in your life which you can't do on your own. All right? God's grace is God's action. Grace is power. It's, it's undeserved. It's a gift. But the form it takes is God. God's action, God doing something around you, with you, through you, God showing up. So when Paul says, I'm content with weakness, it's because he knows he's going to see God's grace. He's going to see God moving around him, and that is grace sufficiency. He's got this thorn, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because God's power is going to be on display in his surroundings. Now you see how he ends this. He says, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. Not, not God is strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. You see, Paul was an incredibly strong person incredibly strong person and yet weak and yet weak those hardships they're still there those insults they're still there and yet an, an incredibly strong person would you like to be like that would you like to be I don't I don't know how old you are but you can be like that doesn't matter doesn't matter how much of your life you're still looking forward to you can become an incredibly an incredibly strong person despite all of the weakness here's how you do that all right I'm just gonna tell you give up self-sufficiency second thing Catch anxiety. I'll explain that in a second. And then third, adopt grace sufficiency. All right, I'm, I know I've created this word, grace sufficiency, so um, uh, don't let me be clever with my words here. Um, give up self-sufficiency. We have to, how much time do I have? How fast should I, should I keep going? Keep going, keep going, all right. 
you have to recognize when, I think this is the key. You have to recognize when self-sufficiency is happening, all right? So I, it, for most of us, for me, it begins really quietly. And here's how, here's how it happens. I wake up in the morning and I think, you know, I don't know what I have to do. I have to write an email. I got this. I can write this email. It's just an email. I know how to do that. I have to cook dinner. I cook dinner at our house. I can do that. I got that. I cooked dinner so many times. I have to have a conversation with somebody. Call somebody on the phone. I've got, I don't know what work, work you do, but I'm sure you're, you're trained to do it. I'm sure you've, you've got experience. And self-sufficiency is when we start saying, I got this. I can do this. I can do this. And, you know, writing the sermon, preaching the sermon. I got this. I know how to do this. Instead of that, we're going to be weak. Embracing weakness means, doesn't mean you pretend like you don't know how to do anything. It's like a child knows they know how to do things. But a child also knows that it's weak, that it can't do everything. It's just a small piece in the puzzle, right? I love this. Anybody here read uh, The Hobbit? Anybody read The Hobbit? Yeah, that couple. Well, okay, we got to work on that. This is a children's book. This is a children's book. Listen to it. Get it. Get a get an audio version and listen to it. I love this 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 uh, line from Gandalf. Gandalf's the guy with the beard, and the hobbits are these like little. Um, they're like this tall, I guess. And Gandalf says to uh, Bilbo, who's the main character, he says, "You don't really suppose, do you, that all your adventures and escapes were managed by mere luck?" just for your sole benefit. You are a very fine person, Mr. Baggins, and I am very fond of you, but you are only quite a little fellow in a wide world after all. You are only quite a little fellow in a wide world after all, and we are all like that. We're just little people, and it's a wide, wide world. So um, we're just going to, we're weak. That's giving up on self-sufficiency. The second one, catch anxiety. By that, I mean when those triggers come, when those insults come, the hardships, and you have this feeling, name it. Catch it. And remember, feelings come with sort of justification built in, the sort of idea like, I, I deserve to feel this way. So with any feeling, with anxiety too, ask for its papers. Ask for its justification. Catch it and ask, okay, I realize, anxious, I feel this. Why? Should I? Should I feel this way? Don't assume because you're feeling it, you have a right to feel it. It has a right to be felt. See, feelings, you do not have to serve your feelings. I hope, you know, we need that said to us so many times. We live in a feeling culture, and it's the same in Germany. This idea that feelings are the most important thing ever. But you don't have to serve your feelings. And as Christians, we've got other, other things to serve. We don't need to serve our feelings. Feelings are great servants, but they are terrible masters. Great servants, terrible masters. So catch it, anxiety, when, when it's happening. And then third, 
adopt grace sufficiency. So this is something that you are going to do. You are going to depend on God and his action for everything you do. All right? And obviously you'll pray. Obviously you'll pray. Like Paul, you'll pray. You'll pray, take away this thorn. Take away this weakness, this insult, this hardship. Of course you'll pray. And maybe God will say, okay, let's do that. But I'll tell you what you also have to do. You'll have to wait. You'll wait. And while you wait, you will look for his presence in action. God's presence in action. And that, that difficulty might just be a permanent feature of your life. But in the midst of that, you will see God's presence in action. If you're looking for it, you're asking for it. That's, that's grace. And I think that this is best practice, not when you're caught up in anxiety. Not when you're, like me, you're feeling that financial pressure or whatever that. Practice in those everyday things, writing that email, talking with that person, whatever it is that you do. I pray about cooking dinner, okay? And you ever realize that you don't have the eggs that you needed? Or whatever it is, you miss, you're missing that ingredient. I pray, you know, it's unbelievable what I then find in my kitchen and how that meal still shows up on the table or how, God, how these things are solved. Pray about it in these small things because then, then when you're dealing with the bigger things, you're ready. You're ready for that. God, uh, it says here, when I am weak, then I am strong. This is, this is how you get strong, okay? This is how you get strong. You, being weak, get strong with God. This isn't a solution for overcoming weakness. This is a solution for living with weakness. You live with weakness by looking for God's action around you. Thank you. Thank you, Father for being our Father, God, for being our God, for being our shepherd, and lead us forward from this place and today as we drive home. May we drive home with you. As we are with family, friends on a day off, we're working today, do these things with bring this message home to us all. So now we, we have a time of prayer. And uh, it's a time to make use of the fact that we're a church and that God uses us to help each other. So if the pastors, late pastors, and others are... Uh, to come forward to pray with people and uh, and do come if you would like prayer today for anything at all uh, then come forward thank you thank you so much pastor Mike Rob again for your sermon and as he said, it is prayer time. So we'd like for you to bring all of your concerns to God. So we're going to ask all our lay pastors to come down and we're going to pray with you all today.
as our choir is coming up, we are getting ready to sing. How great is our God?
screaming so loud, but can somebody turn me down just a tad bit in the back? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Oh, no, you turned me off. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Mike. That was a beautiful message, and we all needed to hear that. Amen. Can we all agree? His grace is sufficient. We like your new word, grace sufficiency. We like that. That is exactly what we needed to hear today. And as Pastor Mike was preaching and, and it touched many of your hearts and you shared testimonies in prayer and, and Barbara's granddaughter, her name is Shaylee, right, Barbara? But we, Barbara said I can call her Mandy because that's easier. Mandy was in that accident, right? And uh, the doctors had counted her out, and Barbara gave a testimony last week that she had movement in her legs. She went to the hospital, and guess what? She lifted her leg, y'all. <laughs> she lifted her leg. Like you said, that thorn, Pastor Mike, that thorn. When we are weak, he, we can have that strength, and you clarified that we are strong, amen? You clarified that for us today. So thank you, God, for Mandy coming along. Keep praying for her, though, you all. Keep praying that her body is completely healed. We can't wait for her to walk into church. Tell her we can't wait to see her, Barbara. We cannot wait to meet her and to see her walk in this church. Saints, I'm just going to highlight a few announcements. If you all make sure to look in your program today, um, Blossom is celebrating her birthday. Blossom Williams, you all know she plays uh, keyboard for us, so we say happy birthday, Blossom. Want to say hi to everybody online. I was sitting in the back, so I got to read all the comments. Greg Cosper is in Philadelphia. Hey, Greg. <laughs> Travel mercies for you, Greg. So everyone's saying good morning and amen. They send all their love online. Um, want you to see that in the bulletin. We are planning a trip for Greece in 2024. So if you are interested in participating in that trip, please speak to Lorene Beach. They do have a meeting on August the 20th. We have some bragging rights, saints. Some of y'all that stayed last week for game day, you see the winners are in the bulletin. Sharon Thomas and Andrea Pride won at bingo. Cassette, Sandy Bulls, and Mary James, they slammed in spades. Yes, they did. And Tanya Weatherspoon showed out in jacks, y'all. <laughs> so we can't wait to have another game day, and we thank everyone that stayed and participated. Want to uh, make sure you all know, next Saturday, we are going to be having a big community day event, our August 19th community 
Community Day. We are going to be having people from the museum here, from schools here, from uh, voters here. It's going to be vendors from all over the city of Cleveland, and then our own tables. And so we want to make sure we have enough volunteers so that our event is successful. So I want you to ask yourself, what can I do? Say, what can I do? <laughs> what can I do? All of us can do something to make that event special. You can begin by helping to make sure we got enough school supplies. We want to bless 100 kids or more on uh, next Saturday. You can help in the parking lot. We'll need parking lot security and making sure people aren't driving through our lots crazy. We are going to be giving tours of our sanctuary. Hallelujah. Tours. Can somebody stand here and talk about our beautiful sanctuary? Anybody? Y'all like, I ain't going to raise my hand. Pastor Kelly going to choose me. <laughs> All of us, we got, a, we got a little book. You can talk about our stained glass windows. You can talk about our our pews, you can talk about our architect. We'll have all the information. If you are willing to give some tours, if you're willing to help with the lunch, the lunch will be in the fellowship hall. And then we'll be having out, handing out uh, food disaster boxes in the gym. So we want to open our building to our community and let them see the blessing that we get to enjoy every week when we come here at New Life at Calvary. So every single one of us can help. Say, I can help. <laughs> so we also are getting ready for our 10-year anniversary, praise God, and uh, want to make sure that everyone knows you are invited. Say, I'm invited. Every single one of us are invited. Every single Sunday in the month of September, we will be doing something special to celebrate our 10-year merger, praise God. So we want everyone to uh, get ready for that. And I forgot to point out, uh, Pastor Mike and uh, his family, their information is in our bulletin. So if you can look at that, you can learn a little bit more about his uh, story as well as how to support his ministry. All right. Did I say everything? Did I got everything, y'all? Wait, this is something new. What is this? Who put the, the pink flyer? Make sure y'all look at this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Gail, is this what you put in the bulletin, Gail? Okay, so lifeline screening is when they come to our church and they do a full checkup for you in the, in the gym. So you have to sign up to participate in this. So make sure you speak to Gail or you can call to register and it's a, it's a really good experience. So make sure you all get involved in that. All right, Lorene. Yes, food pantry is the same Saturday as that event. So in the morning we will be giving out food bags Oh, Friday is when they pack the food bags at 10 o'clock a.m. Say it again. We need help Friday to pack the bags and then Saturday to pass out the bags. And the passing of the bags starts about 8 o'clock a.m. Am I correct? Yeah, so 8 o'clock a.m. But Mary is expressing we need help unloading the truck. So if you can come on Friday to help unload that truck, especially some of you younger ones, we need your help. We know you haven't started school yet, so come on and help us unload that truck. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else that I have forgotten? I do, again, want to welcome um, Pastor Mike's family. His mother is here, Pat, and uh, Pat's new husband. We praise God. She is newly married. Uh, his name is Dan. Praise God, we welcome it. And, and your, remind me your children's name. 
Finley and Arden are here as well. So we say hello to uh, Pastor Mike's children and his wife, Katarina, is here. And, oh, I'm, I'm going to get beat up after church, y'all. My parents are here. <laughs> my mother is here, Debbie, and my stepfather, BJ, they're both here. They came from Michigan. We had our family reunion. So, we would, uh, again, thank you all for being here. Is there anyone else that I didn't recognize? Okay. <laughs> so, again, thank you. Let's all rise for the benediction. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for this day and being able to truly think about and reflect upon your grace as we prepare to depart from this place, Holy Spirit, but never from your sight. Help us to give up, Lord, our self-sufficiency and to embrace grace sufficiency. Help us to lean on you, Lord, as we grow deeper in our patience and our love, our joy, our peace, our patience, our kindness, our goodness, our gentleness, our faithfulness, and self-control. Lord, we know it's all about you, and we give you all the glory and honor and praise to your precious and holy name. It's in your name that we pray, and all God's people said, Amen and amen. Tell your neighbor, I am so glad you came to church today. Please, if you see a cell phone. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 